Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland. And I'm the other host, Asia Bonilla. We're back this week finishing the second book of the Hunger Games trilogy, the best one, Catching Fire. And that means that next week we'll be starting the last book, Mockingjay, which now you really understand the significance of having read the last chapter of Catching Fire with us. Yeah. And as we like to say every week for anyone who's new to the show, we're a podcast on the Nerd Party Network. We're best friends and we're reading and rereading YA literature from our childhood and adolescence. And we're sharing books with each other. So we've been alternating between series that one of us has read and the other hasn't. So you get to hear multiple perspectives, one as a reader, one as a rereader. And I just want to say that I'm out of town again on a work trip. So again, if the audio is wonky, Asia's a wizard and she normally does a really good job putting it together. But if the audio is wonky on this one, it is 100% my fault for being out of town again. As always. But anyway, right now, as a little treat to ourselves, we're covering The Hunger Games, which we have both read before and we both love very, very much. And we're just going to try to provide insights, thoughts, and see how something reads or feels after reading it as an adult. And in case you didn't get a chance to read along with us, we always give a plot summary of the reading. So this week, Charles is providing us with a summary for this series. So now he's just going to go ahead and recap the second half of Catching Fire. Yeah, so this ended up being really neat because the first half was basically pre-capital and the second half was prepping and then the four-ish days that are in the arena. The tributes have their opening ceremonies, their training, their interviews, and finally they do enter the Quarterquell Arena. The arena is much more violent than the previous one and immediately Katniss and Peta start an alliance with the tributes from District 4. Soon that alliance expands to include Joanna and both Wyrus and BT from 3. They work to ki- together to kill off the careers and they navigate the clock arena. And finally, when it's just them, Brutus, Inovaria, and Chaff, they have a plan to fry the water and kill everyone else. But the plan goes haywire and Katniss ultimately blows up the arena. Plutarch and Hamish pick up Finnick, BT, and Katniss and reveal that this has been a plan the whole time to save Katniss because she's the Mockingjay, the face of the rebellion. And we all start with our first impressions, which for me mine is that one the alliance never made any sense and katniss was super right to be suspicious like i do think she probably could have been more suspicious but she did recognize that something was wrong with the alliance which i do give her credit for and but i was like wow this really makes no sense reading it now what about you asia I think for me, I just was truly enjoying myself during this reading. I finished this one. This is probably the quickest I've ever finished a reading for the podcast. Can confirm. Can confirm this was her (laughs) fastest reading. Because I submitted my notes very quickly. But yeah, I think this section is probably my favorite of the entire series. Just because one, it's much different than the last games. Like we said, we're meeting a lot of victors. So we're getting a lot more likable characters. And our main character, Katniss and even Peta, like they've clearly like grown up within this past year. Like they've grown a lot. I mean, they went through a lot of trauma. So they've <laughs> they've been forced to... What doesn't kill you makes you stronger <laughs> because the capital is really trying to kill them. So they've grown a lot. I mean, even just Katniss's like more awareness of the wrongdoings of the capital, you know, and wanting to do something about it. 
But I think ultimately why I love this section so much is because we get so much of Katniss and Peeta together, like, and Katniss actually falling in love with Peeta. And, like, there's plenty of moments when Peeta almost dies and Katniss is, like, freaking out. And, like, I know just, like, watching this in the movie, like, as we already know, I'm definitely a hopeless romantic. So I just really enjoy that and it's also just we get to see how much they love each other because they're both fighting to try to keep the other alive because they think you know only one of them is going to be able to come out of the games and especially since this isn't really a spoiler since this is how the book ends in the next book we know at least from the beginning Peta and Katniss are separated so this is just a really nice we get a lot of them together and we're not going to get that at least at the beginning of Mockingjay based on how this book ends yeah I think that that's a, a fair impression. So we can dive into the full plot, which starts with our introduction, our true introduction to Finnick O'Dare, the tribute from four. And he's supposed to be like disgustingly beautiful. Like Candace is like, he's like one of the most beautiful people ever. And I think that Sam Claflin, who plays in the movie, I think he plays the character really, really well. I don't know if like looks wise, he's the choice I would have, gone for but i think he has the character of finnick down to a t yeah i was gonna say because i totally disagree i love sam claflin as finnick like he like he nails it like ooh. i think he plays the part really well i just made my type isn't blondes so the fact that he's blonde the character is blonde oh the character is blonde so well well that's that's a personal preference that has he's because i think like yeah he's got like light hair and green eyes or something i mean green i don't know eyes, if it's green eyes in the movie bronze hair mm. but like i think he's a pretty good realistic representation of the character and he does have like the personality like he has the character yeah. of Finnick down really well which is honestly more important than how he looks exactly <laughs> so i mean we discussed this with Peta. like Peta's way too short in the movie but josh hutcherson has the character down perfectly yeah well, anyway, we have the opening ceremonies, which actually means we get to learn about some other districts. And as Wait, been- butting in. It, I don't really think it's that Josh Hutcherson is too short. Katniss is too tall. Katniss. Jennifer Lawrence is too tall for Katniss. That's because she's like a 20-something-year-old playing a 16-year-old. Like, because to me, like, based on how Katniss is described, like, she'd be pretty petite. Petite, because she's cause- been malnourished her whole life. Because Peta's not really described, I feel like, as being super tall. Like, Gail is described as being really tall. But Peta is probably, like, average, which I feel like Josh Hutcherson is average. I just think, obviously, in comparison to Jennifer Lawrence playing Katniss, she is a taller person. So, obviously, like, she's probably taller than Josh Hutcherson by, like, an inch or so. So, that obviously makes him look smaller in comparison. So, that in reference. Whereas, yeah, that's how I feel like she was just a little bit too tall. But Jennifer Lawrence did an amazing job. Like, I literally can't wait to watch the movies. Like, I was imagining her during all these scenes. Oh, yeah. She's, it's, yeah. You, I imagine her, which is a testament to, like, how well that is cast. Because, you know, there's sometimes when, like, when I was reading Percy Jackson, I was like, I can't see Logan Lerman doing this. He's not Percy Jackson. But even though he was the person in the movie, but, like, I can see, like, I see Jennifer Lawrence and Josh Hutcherson when I I just wish she characters. was like a little a little shorter. <laughs> that would be the only thing I would change about her. Well, before we get into the movies, um, we do get the opening ceremonies. And as you guys know, I've been tracking the industries of each of the districts. So now we have one is luxury, three is electronics, four is fishing, seven is lumber and paper, eight is textiles, ten is livestock, because some people dressed up as cows with lightning belts. 11 is agriculture, 12 is coal, and 13 is graphite slash uranium. 
And so we're only missing two, five, six, and nine, which we might get at some point. But after the ceremonies, all the tributes try to mess with Katniss. And she, besides the careers, she already, like, kind of likes the other Richters. Like, like especially Cedar, but she likes the Victors immediately. Yes, and then I quickly wanted to throw in there because this is something I completely forgot in the book because, like, I this is definitely not in the movie, which is Darius, which the only reason we really know his name, he was the head peacekeeper in District 12 before, like, the restructuring of power and, like, making it way stricter. And he's the one who, when Katniss steps in front of Gale getting whipped, Darius has like had stepped in before Katniss got there and the new head peacekeeper, which I can't remember what his name is. He like punched him in the face or something or hit him with the end of the whip or something. So we get reference. So this is Darius. That's his name. And they make this old peacekeeper into an Avix. Wait, how did we say we said this again? Avox? Avix. Avox. Avox. It's definitely not A. It's Avox. Like an ox. Avox. Like Like an ox. Avox. Anyway, they make this guy into an avox, which is when they cut out your tongue so you can't talk anymore and you're a servant, basically, in the capital. And he's an avox for District 12, which I was like, well, that seems particularly cruel. But, you know, I guess that's the point. They're trying to shake her up. Yeah, it does seem like cruelty is the point. <laughs> well, they go into training and Katniss and Petus, again, as they start to train with the other victors they immediately like most of them and then they're like well we don't want to be allies with these people because we don't want to know them even better and then have to kill them because again they're both trying to save each other and they're already liking the other victors way too much they're already like how are we going to kill these people and so like if we make alliances it's going to be even worse yeah and then one person Katniss particularly does not want to team up with is Chaff, which is Hamish's friend from District 11, because their first meeting, he kisses Katniss on the lips with no consent, nothing. So, of course, she does not want to team up with him. He assaulted her, you know, getting some more Jacob Black flashbacks. We do not want to revisit that. But so, of course, she doesn't want to team up with him. So he's out. But during training, one of my favorite scenes also of like the whole series and everything is when Katniss finally goes to the archery station and just starts shooting and like it's too easy for her so the trainer starts throwing birds for her to like shoot and then all of a sudden everyone all the tributes are watching and they're like and then after that everybody wants to be an ally with Katniss and Peta because she's just so good like I don't know I just like that too because Katniss, I think a part of why why she's such a likable character is because she's still, like, really humble about the things. Like, she's a really good shot, like, but she'll never, like, really say that. Totally. Which is actually a perfect segue to Peta painting Rue's corpse and Katniss making the Seneca Crane dummy. And then they both get 12s. And that plus Katniss is shooting. And also, like, they're both young and in shape like they both just won the games whereas you have some victors who are like 40 50 and gonna have to kill each other like and they're not even just young they've been training their careers <laughs> I know. for they've months been training like careers and they just won the game so like of course everyone wants them as allies yes and so then after that then we go into the interviews where president snow actually forces katniss to wear the winning wedding dress that she was supposed to be wearing 
because Peta and her were supposed to get married and like the capital was voting on what wedding dress she was going to wear. So she won the winner to the interview, which Cinna iconically makes so that the dress, when she twirls, it like burns away into like a dark version of it so that she becomes a Mockingjay, which to be honest, I, I almost forgot about this scene in the book when I was reading because I was like, well, when they said, go ahead, I, you already have your sarcastic comment to say. Well, I'm just like, how one, how could you forget that? Because it's so iconic because the Katniss twirl is iconic because it's in the first book because she just looks like she's on fire. And the second one, she's like, he knows that they want her to twirl. And then even when she puts on the dress, she's like, wow, this one feels heavier. And soon as like, I had to make modifications. Well, like, when they said the dress recovery, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, but I, like, just wasn't thinking about it because, like, that's not, like, yes, it's important, but, like, in the grand scheme of everything else, like. I mean, it's the reason Cinna gets mauled. Well, yeah, and that's why, as I was reading it, as she was turning, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, this is why, you know, they do all the terrible things to Cinna, one of the things that are a hard scene to watch. Yeah. But with that and everything with the during the interviews the it's very clear that the victors and even the people of the capital are like very frustrated with this quarter quell and having victors be the tributes and they're kind of trying they even start to ask for the games to like be paused or canceled or get regular tributes you know like they're trying to call it off because they're like these are our beloved victors we don't want them all to die and then <laughs> Peta at the very end, because Peta's interviewed last as the boy from District 12, he steals the show by claiming that Katniss is pregnant. Which I end up think, like, I don't think it ends up being that big of a deal. Like, it's important in the moment because it causes chaos. And then when they're, like, holding the hands and there's a blackout, like, it's important. But, like, it's mentioned, like, twice in the arena. And then because they aren't in the arena for that long. And then there's going to be a really good excuse in the next book as to why she's not actually pregnant, because as we know, Katniss isn't actually pregnant. But, like, it's not that big of a deal beyond that one moment. Yeah. It was just, that's one of my favorite parts, too, because it's just, that's, like, a funny moment also to watch, because one, like, Katniss's reaction, because, of course, she's like, Peta. She's like, what is she She's like, I have to hide my face to, like, hide the confusion, but also the shock, but she's like, Now at least she's in the loop of like, yes, this is good. It's only going to help us. And then obviously the audience being shocked is also just like hilarious. Because they're like, oh my God, you can't send them in. Blah, blah, blah. And I guess too, I mean, it's not really that big a deal. Because I'm sure like all the other tributes know that that's not real. Like that's fake. That's just a plea, you know, to try to get them. Finnick later on is like, yeah, um, I don't think you should be exerting yourself. And he's, like, winking at her, and she's like, oh, yeah, I better hold my stomach. Well, yeah, it's probably, like, it's probably, like, when she, like, cries, he's like, it's probably the (laughs) hormones, like. So, yeah, it's definitely, like, I mean, especially all these people, they've won the games. Like, they know how you have to act in front of the capital people and stuff. Like, I just don't think, that's why I feel like it wasn't that big a deal, because the fact is, only the people from the capital who are ultimately irrelevant in this story, because we don't really talk to them, would be actually believing of this lie. Totally. Well, so like I said, that brings us to the tributes all holding hands and causing chaos. But of course, the games are still going to happen. Yes, which then brings us, like we just said, to one one of the most sad moments in this series. But uh, there's going to be many more. But this is the first of many where... This is the first where, like, 
since Rue's death that's like and maybe I'm forgetting other ones yeah this is like the first well this is also like just this is like uh two in Catch of Fires we're saying this is the beginning of the rebellion and everything and everything that's coming going to come in Mockingjay and like obviously like some kind of war is probably coming which means people will die or people will get hurt. So this is just the first of that. This feels like the beginning of the war yes, for Katniss. The beginning of the war, yes. Specifically with people related to Katniss. And so right as Katniss is entering the arena, so she's in the little glass tube before she gets lifted up onto her little metal plate in the arena. She is like standing there because she hasn't moved. And Sinna's the only person who gets to come with her up to that point. And he's on the other side of the glass. And then all of a sudden, peacekeepers bust up in and beat up Cinna right in front of her like bang his head like he gets really really badly beaten like almost to death like he definitely goes unconscious but like we don't know what happens to him and then they drag him out and then immediately after that she, then she rises up into the arena like just wow they're definitely President Snow is trying to wage some psychological warfare on Katniss because she even says she's like how am I even supposed to focus on what's happening when this terrible thing just happened to somebody who I really care about and who's risked his life, like, doing stuff to, like, stand up against the Capitol for me. But, so that's really sad. <laughs> Poor Cinna. And then we're in the arena, and there's, she rises up on her plate, and there's all water surrounded by her. And luckily, Katniss can swim really well, so she jumps right off. She gets her bearings, and... Katniss and Finnick are the first to the cornucopia and Katniss immediately gets a bow and arrow and Finnick already has a trident and he's like, well, it's a good thing we're allies. I love that moment like because Katniss is like, do it's I kill him? It's a really good moment. Because he's like, do I kill him? <laughs> like they have a moment of hesitation and then Finnick's like, well, it's a good thing we're allies and he has the gold bangle from Hamish, which was basically like Katniss was like, so Hamish just decided that we were going to be allies with District 4. So they get PETA and they get mags and they clear out from the cornucopia. Yeah, and then they realize pretty quickly, like that day, I think, that it's a dome arena and that it's really small and that the force field around it is really aggressive. So like we've seen the force field on top of the training building, which just like, doesn't let you through and we've seen the force field in Hamish's games which like bounces things back but this one like knocks Pete out basically for a whole day and the arena is really a lot smaller than the last one well yeah the force field actually like kills Pita. he only survives because Finnick knows CPR Finnick gives him CPR which <laughs> that scene in the book is also pretty funny how it's described because obviously in the districts like she talks about like her mother is a healer She's never really seen that done before because she's like, most people die of starvation and they can't get them to, because obviously CPR has to be started very quickly in order to work. Like you have, it's like a few minutes before, like you can only go so long without oxygen. So like she like doesn't recognize it at first. So she's like trying to stop Finnick because she thinks he's like trying to hurt him or something. And then she says, and then Finnick started kissing Peta, and just the pure shock of that stopped me in my tracks. And then she was like, but then she could see Peta's chest rising, and she's like, I don't know what it's called, but he's doing, he's trying to save him. <laughs> and I just thought it was so funny because that's the only thing that got her to stop. Yeah. But anyway, we, you just mentioned the dome, which was also, this is with Katniss, like she's kind of just really like doesn't know what to do because, you know, 
Hamish has kind of forced her and Pete into this alliance with District 4. And, you know, how she feels about alliances, like, her goal at this point is she just wants to get Peta out alive. And so she's like, is it really a good idea to stay alliance with, like, stay in alliance with them? Like, what if they turn on us? Like, especially, like, now that Peta, like, like we just said, he just got knocked out. Like, he's kind of struggling, which Peta's, Peta's always struggling in the Peta's games. <laughs> Peta's really bad at the games. I mean, even Finnick is like, all of us like all of us except Peta are victors on purpose. Like, but I mean, Peta's the only one who's. But everybody knows that. I mean, everybody else won on their own, killing everybody. Peta only survived because of Katniss. I know it's funny, but okay, Peta. That's because I didn't but mean to interrupt you. That's why I mean I think, which we'll get into in a sec. Like Peta is just so pure, and that's what makes him different from the other victors. Because and like they talk about that a little later, which we can maybe talk about it when we get a little bit further along. But back to the dome, basically, they're, like, Katniss climbs up to a tree to see, like, get a higher look to, like, see what the arena looks like. And that's when she sees how small it is. And she's, like, thinking she, like, she's come to the decision, like, she's going to kill Finnick when she gets down. Because she's, like, I need to keep Peta alive and that's all that matters. But when she comes down, her and Finnick kind of have, like, a standoff. Because Finnick's basically, like, he's not going to attack her, obviously, unless she attacks him. And then Peta's just, like... So what's the plan? What are we doing next? Like, Peter's just trying to keep everyone at peace. Like, no fighting. He's like, it's just funny. Whereas Katniss is like, we need to kill anybody who's in our way. Yeah, I definitely did not remember how much Katniss is just worried about Peta. Like, I knew that she was, like, she goes into the quell. She's like, obviously the capital already hates me. So there's a target on my back no matter what. So it makes sense. We should save Peta. Like, I remember that part of it. But, like, Katniss is... This is, like, all she thinks about. And Katniss is really, really good at the games. Like, we saw that last book. We saw this this book. Because, like, she's a survivor. But, like, every single decision she makes is impacted by keeping Peta alive. Which I definitely did not, like, remember as much. And maybe it's just because they're not in the games for that long. Well, it's also, like, I mean, as we'll get more into it, like, when they run from the fog in a second. Like, Katniss says she has to take away that, like, sense of fear and the you know, instinct to survive to help Peta. Cause she's like, her instinct is to leave him behind and run to just run. Like she says at the end of the first hunger games, when she saw the, um, the dogs, the mutations, the mutations running, she immediately just took off. And then she, and then she didn't realize. And then she's like, Oh wait, Peta's injured. Gotta go get Peta <laughs> like, again. All the way back there. Like, she's like, I can't do that anymore. I need to put Peta first. And I think it's also just like the idea of, you know, her finding out, like we talked about in the last episode, how Hamish had decided that he was saving Katniss. She was like, we need to save Peta this time. You know, we're getting our second. We're unfortunately having to do this again. And it's like, it's Peta's <laughs> turn to be saved. It's Peta's turn to be the one chosen. Take two. So that is why, obviously, part of it. And then also, like, she just, she obviously really cares for Peta. And like I said, I think she sees Peta as being, like, better than her because he doesn't just want to kill people and everything like even if it's means he'll die and she knows for herself that she can't live without him like obviously i can't live without her too but like she's like just selfishly or like self-interestedly at least she's like i can't be in a world without pita anymore yeah so better for me to go and she is like i'm gonna got i'm the the capital is gonna kill me anyway so. so might as well give pita a chance but i did have one thing to say because the first night that they're in the arena, the clock 
literally strikes 12 right before the <laughs> lightning strike. And Katniss and Finnick, like, obviously note it, but they, like, don't think about, like, a clock, which I can know because they say, like, maybe it's because there's 12 districts. So I understand why they couldn't, like, put that together as quickly because they were, like... But they, they're, like, is it midnight or is it 12 districts? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would have been suspicious after seeing the dome and the 12 lightning and the 12 spokes off of the cornucopia. Like, I don't know if I would be able to figure it out, but I do think it's a good point that, like, them mentioning the 12 districts does kind of throw them off. And now we can actually talk about the spokes of the clock. So before they realize it's a clock, they start to identify certain aspects. So we start with the acid mist. Yes, which is a heartbreaking scene because poor Mags, basically they're, like we said, PETA, pitiful PETA, is already injured. So he's obviously struggling. And this is why I said Katniss is like she has to stop her instinct and help PETA because Finnick is carrying mags because obviously she's an old lady like she can't run and basically Peta gets where he's like so like just messed up like with his leg and he's too tired that he he can't go on any further and like um Katniss can't help anymore so she's like Finnick can you carry Peta and he's like I can't carry he's like okay and then she then Katniss picks up mags as they're going for a while and I'm just like dang this wedge of the clock must be or they must be like on one edge and they're trying to get to the other edge because they're running forever it feels like or like they could be like have been running in towards it I like mean, rather maybe. than across the wedge I mean, honestly, maybe they were probably because don't they no wait wait we're not there they yet. end up near the beach no in a second because they're about to go to the monkeys no but they're not in the beach they're still in the wedge so they're running across but I'm just saying it took them a long time which like could also be because the mist also, I forgot because in also, the movie... Also, they're along the edge because they've been following the Well, that's what I'm the saying. They're the all the way near field. the end. So, like, they have a long way to go no matter what of, like, getting out of the jungle. But also, how the mist is described. Because in the movie, like, I think they... I mean, I don't 100% remember. But they talk about also, it, like, makes your limbs, like, really, like, spastic. And, like, you can't control them. <laughs> so, they talk about their arms are, like, flopping around. <laughs> Which I think yeah. would have made it look a little bit more comical. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably why they didn't do that in the movie, because it would have looked very strange. Whereas, like, Katniss being like, I can't run and I can't carry because my arms are, like, out of control. Well, yeah. So, like, how's time in the book? So, like, basically, so Katniss goes while carrying mags and then she can't carry them anymore. So then she's like, Finnick, can, Finn, can you carry both of them? And I was like, first of all, Peta is not some small little boy. Like, he's a grown man, and I know Finnick's pretty big, but, like, there's no way he can carry two human beings. <laughs> I was like, and then he. I know, I was like, Katniss. But anyway, come on. this is where we're getting to the sad part. Question. Back to being serious. So then Finnick looks at Mags and he's like, or he says, Katniss, like, I can't do it. And Mags goes, kisses Finnick and just walks straight into the acid. And she like burns up and like seizes up and dies immediately. They hear like the the bomb go off. The cannon. Or the the bomb. The cannon. The bomb. <laughs> the cannon go off signifying that she's dead. So it's just like, it happens really fast. Like, it's just all of a sudden, she just sacrifices herself. And like, this is like Katniss's first thing of like, why did, I mean, because she was like, almost like Mags is old. Like, maybe she was like, might as well just die now until someone else kills me. Like, this is as far as I'm going to make it. But like, Dang, she just with no hesitation sacrificed herself so that Finnick could carry Peta. Like yeah, that was her. Not first... even for Finnick. It's just that Finnick could carry Peta. Yeah, like that was the first. Like, hmm, 
I mean, even Katniss, I mean, mm-hmm. not in this moment because she's burning alive. But a little bit later, she's like, what just happened? Yeah, let's talk about that a little later. So the next book they learn about is the monkeys. <sighs> the monkeys. I have to say, this is definitely scary. This is definitely scary in the movies. Horrible. Ugh, I mean, disgusting. just the idea of, like, I mean, any kind of, like, predator like that, especially, like, how it's described and how it's portrayed in the movie is done really well, too, because it is, like, they see one or two of them, and then all of a sudden there's, like, hundreds of them. They've been surrounded, like, you didn't even notice them coming. They just come out of nowhere. And This is why I never liked the golden monkey and the golden compass, because... You imagined all these monkeys? <laughs> okay, but that was one monkey versus, like, a hundred and anyway, so they obviously get attacked by the monkeys, which here's Katniss's second clue, because, well, also I was just like, one of the Morphlings, which they're from, which they're from District 6, six. they come out of nowhere, and <laughs> this, or it's the girl, right? It's the female, the yeah. The female. She comes literally out of nowhere, which I guess they said how they like to paint and stuff, so she must have been camouflaged in something. I think in the movie that's what it is. She's like camouflaged in the tree. It's something like that. But she literally comes out of nowhere and jumps in front of Peta as like a monkey is coming at him, and she dies from the like wound. So again, why was this random victor from District 6 who has no connection to Katniss or Peta willing to die? for PETA that one that was like a ooh, big clue um but I did write down that although the monkeys are very scary they're still not as scary as the Mulefa how the Mulefa are described the giant diamond legged motorcycle beetles with elephant <laughs> trunks those are still the worst thing I've ever, like I cannot imagine what the concept art is going to look like that like it's gonna be gross I'm so excited I cannot wait for season three it's yeah no yeah, definitely the Mulefa. Also, again, weirdest thing about the Mulefa, no spines. I don't understand. But anyway, I so we got I don't understand how the motorcycle legs is not the weirdest thing for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, moving along. So we have the acid rain, we have the monkeys, and then they also figure out the lightning storm and the wave, which aren't that bad. Like, they could just, like, avoid them. They're not as terrible. Yeah, and then also because we don't really actually get them interacting directly with it. So, like, it's just kind of described. Yeah, and then they finally link up with Joanna, Wyrus, and Beattie, who get rained on by over-thick, warm blood, which is disgusting. I mean, the vampires from Twilight would have been having a few day. <laughs> they would have enjoyed themselves. <laughs> Oh, God. No, they would have all lost control. They would have gone crazy. But yeah. I, but yeah. it was disgusting. Also, because especially, like, it's already so hot there, like, in the arena. So, like, to be covered in warm blood. Also, like, how can you even see, like, blood's really thick? Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Also, where did they also, get like, a jungle all that blood? Is, like, a really... Oof. Also, like, a jungle is, like, extra cruel because none, di- none of the tributes would have known what to do in a jungle mm-hmm. because there's no real jungle in the United States. Yeah. Or in North America, I should say. Like, Canis is like, I'm pretty good at trees. And, like, we have different types of trees across North America. Yeah, not like that. But, like, generally they're deciduous mm-hmm. or, like, coniferous, but they're not jungle trees. So none of the tributes would have been particularly good in a jungle. Yes, which then after they meet up with Joanna, Wyrus, and BT, Katniss actually figures out because Wyrus keeps 
keeps going like TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. And Joanna's like, she won't shut up. Like she's lost it. And Katniss is like trying to like soothe her, you know, as they're cleaning all the blood off of them in the water. And Katniss figures out that by TikTok and she puts together the clock and everything, she figures out that the arena is a clock, which, you know, it took her a second, but she figured it out. So good for Katniss. And then this is where she is all she starts to, you know, think about, you know, why did Mag sacrifice herself? Why did the Morphling sacrifice herself? And then when Joanna brings BT and Wire, she says, I brought them for you. And she's like, why would she do that? So, like, it's kind of just like, why are all these other tributes kind of willing to sacrifice themselves for PETA and, like, willing to, like, work with District 12? Like, it just makes no sense. So she is starting to show some suspicion or think about having suspicions, but she just doesn't know how to act on them because she's, like, obviously right now she's in a... a, She's in a... um, She is at an advantage right now because, obviously, now they've formed, like, this giant alliance and they're being protected obviously so she's in a safe position for PETA which is why I think she's like I'm having my suspicions but I don't want to question it just yet because I think this is the smartest position to be in right now in this moment yeah especially because she's like I do trust Hamish and Hamish said I need to be with Finnick like Hamish demanded that and it sounded like Finnick and Joanna were planning to team up so she and she does trust Hamish and like I think she's doing a pretty good job like she figures out the clock She's, like, getting suspicious, which I think is smart because, again, her head is out of the game in many ways because she's turning off her instincts to focus on saving PETA. Like, she's a little split-brained, and I think she's actually doing a pretty good job given the fact that she's in the quell. Yes, and then another thing that Katniss notices when they're discussing BT's, like, obsession with his wire that he grabbed from the cornucopia that he wants to use... I just wrote down that I thought it was interesting how Candace points out how most of the other districts start teaching the kids about their trade. Like, so for District 4, they learn about fishing and spearing fish. I don't know. And, like, Joanna's from District 7, right? She's from District 7? Yeah, lumber. And lumber. So, like, she knows how to, like, throw an axe or something. Like, she knows how to use axes. So, like, most of the districts, they start learning about their trade. So they have all these skills that can be that can give them advantages in the games whereas district 12 she says doesn't send people into the mines until they're 18 so they wouldn't know anything about explosives or anything until they're no longer i mean i guess when you're 18 it's the last year you're eligible to go into hunger games but like so the majority of the time that you'd be eligible to go in like you haven't learned any like real skills that could like help you like fight or just outsmart other people because like katniss was an exception like how she went hunted out in the woods, like, mo- like pretty much no one else does that. So, like, that's the only reason why she's so good at, like, knowing about the woods and, like, how to eat things and what to hunt. Whereas, like, that's probably a big reason why District 12, I think, they, like, has only had two victors. Or, no, four victors now with Katniss and Peeta. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I just, like, learning about coal byproducts, probably not the same as swimming as a child in terms of, like, practical skills. Though, again, you can make concrete oh, with coal products. Oh, yeah, because, too, they say that right at the beginning that most of them can't swim because there's they don't have any access to water. Katniss only knows how to swim because her dad used to take her to, like, a lake out in the woods. Yeah, Peta literally Even can't Peta swim. Even doesn't really know how he to swim. He doesn't know how to swim. He, Finnick has to go pick him up. Which I have to say, I don't know if we talked about this, that scene, or we didn't talk about this because it's this episode, when they go into the arena, that's different 
in the movie. They make PETA like fights with somebody and and he drowns somebody. So like PETA definitely gets like him in the movie. Fighting, yeah, yeah. He's fighting somebody. It's probably some random like District Eight or something because they gave they you know they couldn't make PETA too pitiful or the people would be like couldn't be Team PETA because they'd be like PETA is pitiful. <laughs> well, they figure out the clock and they try to isolate the other sectors. So one of them has the scary insect clicking. So we don't want to go there. Then there's the one that like shreds a tribute alive. Like they see like body parts flying and they see hear someone screaming and Peter just writes beast. <laughs> and then they end up in the one with the jabber jays who are screaming the anguish noises of their loved ones. Yeah, that scene in the movie was also very, very terrifying. That also would be one that would haunt me. The filter they put on it to show the the sector, because it's one of those segments where they can't leave it. Like, well, yeah, because it's like there there's the a hour. physical, like, almost like glass barrier. barrier. So, like, they can see out, but they can't leave. And her, like, bang. <laughs> the filter hands. they do to make the glass is really, like, it's heart-wrenching in the film. yeah. And then she's, like, curled up against Finnick. They're both, like, in tears because, yeah, it's a, oh, God. And they're stuck in there for an entire hour. For an hour. An hour hearing the people they love screaming to death. Yeah, I can't imagine. And then after the Jabber Jays, Peta and Katniss, they go back to the beach because they basically, their little alliance is, like, claimed the beach where they're, like, not, you know, in danger of any of the different clock sectors and Pete and Katniss are chatting and this scene just breaks my heart because Peta pulls out um a locket an oyster and a pearl oh wait oh both you're right the locket he pulls wait is this the pearl too no I think the pearl might come later, later I think but he pulls out a locket and in the locket it has Gail on one side and then Prim and Katniss's mom so two photos of like the other people who are like very important in Katniss's life and Peter's just like you know Katniss like you need to win like you need to live because nobody needs me to live nobody needs me to keep going like your family and Gail like they need you my family they'll move on they'll mourn but they'll move on and it's just (laughs) It's really heartbreaking for Peter to say that because it's just, I mean, it's true because, I mean, Peter's parents, if we're not forgetting from the first Hunger Games, literally were like, you know, maybe Katniss is going to win. Like His dad seems nice, but his dad but seems he like doesn't. But he doesn't MIA. really care about Peter. Like, also, because I think, like, he has brothers and stuff. Like, he has he other has family. So, and probably for people, like, you know, you're just like, your kids are like, they go to the Hunger Games, they're going to die. Like... It's just also which is why like, maybe you have a whole bunch of kids so you can just, you know, pour the love into the ones that survive. Someone has to help make the bread. <laughs> so. Well, also, like, Katniss even says, she's like, he's not wrong. She's like, the only person who, like, will not be able to go on if Peta dies is me. She says it herself. She's like, admits, which is even worse. Like, she knows that Peta's not wrong about it. She's like, he's right. But, like, there is one person who cannot live if Peta dies. And that's me. And, yeah, and that's the whole idea, too, because Katniss is ultimately, yes, like you said, the only person who it's actually really going to affect. But even PETA doesn't know that for sure because Katniss has not fully, I mean, because Katniss has been, you know, going back and forth between PETA and Gail, even though we know Team PETA all the way. 
But Team PETA all the way. But she has not come to that conclusion yet. So he doesn't even know really how she feels about him. And also he could feel that Katniss just wants to save PETA because, like, because he... Because she owes him for saving her in the last games. Like, you know, like, he doesn't even know, like, the depth of the feeling she has for him. So it's just really, like, sad and just, like, heartbreaking to hear that from someone being like, nobody cares if I die, so I should be the one to go. It's a it's a horrible moment. And in this moment, they also, there's something else I want to mention. So Peta says that he, so Hamish told both of them that the same thing. So the way that Hamish Katniss goes into the arena thinking that she and Hamish are going to save Peta. But Peta's like Katniss, obviously Hamish told me the same thing that he would help me save you. And Katniss is like, "Really?" And then and also, so if you guys remember at the end of or last episode when they were on the victory tour and they're in 11 and I was like Hamish tells them he's telling them the whole truth. And then I was like, he's lying. I forgot this bit that Hamish did tell Peta he would try to save Katniss. So Hamish wasn't lying to Peta. He did actually tell Peta the truth. He was lying to Katniss because, of as course. we know from the end of this book, he actually was always going to save Katniss. It's like he wants to save Peta. We'll get more into that too. It's not a question of in the first games where he's like, if I can only have one, it's going to be Katniss. But in this one, like, Katniss is a yes, and Peta's like a, if I can squeeze him in. And it was just funny because, like, Katniss is like, oh, Hamish maybe, like, didn't, maybe Hamish said the same thing to me as he said to Peta. Yeah. And then we get this, like, tragically sad, but, like, kind of really funny to read moment. And we're going to reenact it for you guys. I actually pulled out the exact text. Um, just for humor's sake, Asia, could you read the next question for me? What happens when we get to the final eight? Seven more of us die. That's what Katniss says in the book. It's really funny because, like, this is after the Jabber Jays, and she's, like, frantic and stressed and, like, justifiably traumatized. And Peter's like, trying to calm her down. He's like, we're almost to the final eight. And she's like, seven more of us die. Like, wow, so brutal. I mean. Asia clearly didn't think it was truth. as funny as I did. <laughs> Anyway, I thought it was really funny, savage, depressing, horrible, but also very dark humor. And that leads us to Beatty's plan to fry Inobaria and Brutus, which is the moment where I was like, there are five of them less in this alliance, and there are three other people outside of them. And this plan is to kill two, possibly three people. And Katniss is like, I think we should leave. And I'm like, yeah, you really should. Because if you're in an alliance with five people and then you act, you kill two, maybe three, <laughs> then it's just the five of you left. Like, strategy-wise, this alliance makes no sense. Y'all are in danger. Yeah, I yeah, I feel like reading this, when I read it for the first time, I was kind of like, Katniss and Peter need to leave. Like, these people, they're, they're going to turn on them. Like, it's getting too close. And, like, Katniss even says that, but I think she's, she says she trusts BT. And so she, like, wants to go along with the plan, which, I mean, good thing she did with how everything plays out. I, I obviously didn't have as many of the—I didn't have those doubts reading it for the second time because we know how it ends. 
But also, Katniss has been sizing everyone up, and she's like, "I know I can take out Joanna if I have to." It's n- like she's like, "I won't even regret that one." Oh yeah. And like she's like, "As long as I can get Chaff to kill off Finnick, that one will be fine too." And I can def. And she's like, "I can a hundred percent kill BT." So. So yeah. So. Definitely, yeah. We. So they go ahead and they're gonna put BT's plan in motion, which this is. I remember, like, I mean. Even watch the movie now, like reading the book, it's always like this is the moment where it's like they shouldn't have separated themselves. But, and this is where I would have been questioning of whether this was a trick because BT never said about the plan about how Joanna and Katniss have to go wheel the wire out towards the water, therefore separating Katniss from PETA, the only people who obviously definitely want to stay together. Um, which, like, he didn't mention that till the last second. So, I mean, immediately I would have been like, well, that's suspicious. But obviously, I mean, I, we can talk about it in a second when we get to the end. But they all get separated, basically. And Joanna and Katniss, on their way, like, wheeling out the, rolling out the wire, they get disrupted by, who is it? Brutus and... Brutus and Inabaria. Brutus and Inabaria. And maybe Chaff. I think it's we just the two of them. We don't actually know. I think it's just the two of them. Well, we know that Inabaria shows up. Well, no, because yeah. I think Brutus says, like, well, because basically they hear them coming, and so Joanna, like, knocks Katniss out, like, hits her in the head really hard, so Katniss has no idea what's going on. Then she digs her knife into her, and Katniss is like, is she trying to kill me like she's turned on me? Which is actually Joanna cutting out the tracker that they put on them at the beginning of the games. And then she's on Katniss's chest and she's like, stay down. And then she runs away. And so Katniss is like, Joanna turned on me, but like she had to run away before Brutus and Enobario come. Um, so she didn't get to finish me off. And as they run by, Brutus even says, like he makes a comment of like, she's as good as dead because of like how Joanna like put her and stuff. Like she looks like she's dying. So they keep running to chase Joanna. And long story short, Brutus and Abaria and Abaria are idiots. Well, we already knew that. (laughs) But so Katniss kind of stumbles back to the lightning tree because she's like, PETA, I have to save PETA because she's like, they've turned on us. This was a trick. And she goes back and everybody's gone. It's just BT there. And he's like just he's like passed out and has a knife. He has a knife or the wire is wrapped around his knife, and she's, like, so confused, and he's unconscious, so, like, she can't really ask him what happened, but she realizes that it looks like he was trying to take his knife with the wire attached into the forest field, and obviously it blew him back, so that's why he's passed out, and it's because he was trying to blow up the dome, the force field, to blow up the arena. So... She all of a sudden, like, she makes this connection, which I think this is a really well done moment because right before Hamish, the last thing Hamish says to Katniss before she goes to the games, the last time they see each other is make sure you remember who the enemy is, which the whole section, the third section of the book is called the enemy. Yes. Yes, the third section of this book is called the enemy because the the books are split in, I think, three parts every time. They're all into thirds. Yeah. So. He says, make sure you, like, remember who the the real enemy is. So in that moment, she's like, of course, the enemy is the capital, the people who are putting this through this experience. And that's when, like, everything clicks for her immediately that somehow BT's plan all along was to destroy the dome with, because also BT and Wyrus talked to Katniss, something we didn't actually talk about. But in the training, they point out that in force fields, there's, like, 
a little flicker where you can see it and that's like the chink in the armor it's the weak spot and so she takes her she wraps the wire around one of her arrows and shoots right at that little weak spot and the whole thing blows up and it's just a bunch of mayhem and she i think right yeah. before this happened she hears P- she hears pita she hears Peter yelling, and she yells to reveal her location. And she saw, and she heard Finnick running down after Brutus and Inabaria. Like she just knows it does madness, mm-hmm. and everyone is separated. And then they get collected. So, and then Plutarch Heavensby, the head game maker, he says, uh, "So Hamish and I have been planning this alliance between districts three, four, six, seven, eleven. So three is BD and Wyrus. Four is Mags and Finnick." Six are the Morphlings. Seven is Joanna and her district partner who died. He got killed in the bloodbath, but he was in on it too. And then 11, we think, I think, I could be misremembering that, but Cedar and Chaff. I'm pretty sure 11 was a part of it. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I I think that would make sense. Chaff didn't join their group, but like Chaff is Hamish's best friend and Cedar really, like Cedar's nice to them. And like 11 has been in full rebellion. Like these are all the rebellious districts. And obviously 12-ish, because Hamish has planned it. But basically the whole plan was to break Katniss out of the arena. That's why the wire was there. And that way the victors can, like, actually officially join the rebellion. And Katniss can be the Mockingjay, the face of the rebellion. And Plutarch showed her the watch, so which was a hint, which we mentioned last episode. There was going to be a hint. Plutarch showing her at her... A victory tour party he shows her a pocket watch with her mockingjay and as we mentioned the bonnie and twill have her mockingjay on bread this was plutarch trying to show her he's part of the resistance and he was like i didn't think you'd actually be a tribute i was like you're gonna be a mentor so this is a clue i'm giving you a clue that the arena's a clock and also that i'm on your side that's why he has this mockingjay watch and furthermore they're like all of the tributes who sacrificed themselves to save PETA that was the only like Hamish told them they would have to do that because it was the only way Katniss would trust them because again she's going in with the mindset of I've got to save PETA so the only reason she's willing to trust people is if they want to is because they want to protect PETA if they're going to save PETA for her yes and so so Hamish was lying there was a big plan and he didn't tell Katniss any of it again of course not which I like when Katniss when where Peta is or is revealed, she's like, I love how she even she's like, this is why nobody lets me make the lets me in on the plans or whatever because I obviously can't tell friend from foe. I can't tell when someone's lying to me because now this is the, like the millionth time Hamish has lied to her. Um, but yes, so we find out that obviously Katniss, Finnick, and BT were all um taken by. Picked up. Picked up by Plutarch, you know, and they're on their way to District 13. But Peta and Obaria and Joanna were captured by the Capitol. And Brutus and Chaff died, like, right before, like, all the mayhem and the explosion because there were two cannon blasts. Because I don't know if you remember this in the reading. Katniss is, like, running, and she hears cannon. She's like, I don't know who it is. Somebody's dead, though. Hopefully it's not Peta. And then there's another one. And there's another one. And so, obviously, yeah. based on who they've kept track of it was obviously brutus and chaff who died so yeah i know that i know that anabaria and Peta are captured and joanna is captured too right i know that yeah they're captured yeah, she's captured by the capital yes 
I couldn't remember whether she's picked up by them or not. No, but. she's definitely taken by the Capitol. Yeah, we'll get. It's gonna be. A, we'll get her later. Yes. yes, I mean, obviously, I remember that Peta gets captured because it's like a huge point of the next book. See, this is why I but. said I'm the true fan. Charles is not. <laughs> okay, I'm a huge fan. Thank you very well, also, much. Also, just that you didn't read clearly enough. It's very clearly stated that Joanna gets captured. Also, because he wrote this wrong in the script, and I had to fix it because he was like, and I don't know what happened to Joanna. Well, that's no. I wrote. I wrote. I don't know. With the intention that it. was that clear in it. the book. Reference your chapter. Okay, well, clearly I wasn't... I read this so long ago because I finished the readings even before Asia. Well... Boom. Then you wow. didn't take very good notes. Also, I didn't take very good notes on the ending, clearly. <laughs> it's because I'm like, I know what happens. Chaos and BD and Finnick and Katniss. Anyway. But anyway, those three are taken by the Capitol. And... PETA. That's the end. Poor PETA. It that is, is really not the sad. end. The end is when Katniss sees Gail and Gail's like, she's like, where, where is everybody? She's like, we had to get them out. They sent bombs. And she's like, don't say it. Don't say it. And he's like, Katniss, there is no District 12. There is no District Another 12. Another iconic line. Like this book series is just ridiculous at how like iconic some of the things are. Like what an iconic ending. We learned about coal byproducts, basically the same as there is no District 12. I'm just really into the coal byproduct. I think that's so funny. Like, Yeah, you're really holding you can, on to that. Like, if you can imagine, like, the actress who plays Prim and, like, Jennifer Lawrence can just see them sitting in a room and be like, what did you learn in school? You learned about coal byproducts. Like, I feel like that would have been so funny. But anyway. Okay. I have a couple things I want to say before we finish. Okay. One, I love that Katniss attacks Hamish on the flying ship because she's like, you can't hurt me because you just went through all this to save me because I'm the Mockingjay. Hamish, you can't stop me. Like, I'm going to dig my nails into you because I'm too valuable, apparently, and I'm mad at you for not saving PETA. But the other thing I wanted to mention, and I was specifically looking for this, is that Hamish, not Hamish, Finnick is never mentioned to only keep women as sexual partners. Granted, Finnick's true love is Annie. He's definitely, like, head over heels in love with Annie. That's not a question. But, like, I just kind of love that there's, like, the opportunity for Finnick to be, like, a little queer. Like, Finnick will sleep with anyone who'll pay him enough money. Um. There's no moment where it specifically says women. Granted, I'm sure that she wrote him with the intention that he only no, sleeps I'm with not really, really wealthy women. No, I'm not saying that. We're going to get more about Finnick and Mockingjay. So I just don't know if. Yeah. Also, I mean, again, we'll, we'll I don't know how well you Finnick remember Mockingjay. Mockingjay but. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to it. I don't remember Mockingjay that well. I know we get a lot more Finnick, but in Catching Fire so far, Finnick's sexual partners have only have never been specified as men as as just women. So I've just, and also because Finnick's character, like he exudes sexuality, and he's beautiful, and I just like I'm excited to go more into. I, I Finnick. think that you're not remembering. How I don't think you remember what happened to him in the Capitol. Oh no, I'm that bit we can't like mention yet because it hasn't happened yet in the books. There's going to be way more on Finnick. I'm just saying so far of what we've gotten reading on this reread. But yes, there's going to be much darker stuff happening to Finnick in the next book. Yes, but I'm not getting ahead of myself. But I also like know that we're going to get way more of Finnick's backstory and life in the next book. So. That's me yes. getting ahead. Do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Um, I don't 
think so. I'm just, I can't believe we're already going to be on the last book. This is the thing with the trilogies. They just go by so quickly. I mean, especially with this, that's just such a page turner. So we're reading so much faster, but that's okay because we're going to be covering the new prequel, which I'm super excited because Charles has never read that before and I've read it once. So yeah, it'll be nice to reread it and get to see his reactions firsthand. Yeah. So that's actually why we're not announcing the next series because so next week we're reading the first half of Mockingjay, so 1 through 14 again, and then we'll spend two weeks on the prequel after that, which is why we haven't announced our next series. When we start the prequel, we'll announce it then. And as always, if you have predictions, theories, questions, comments, you can stay in touch with us directly on the Nerd Party website. You just head over to nerdparty.com slash contact. You select throwback paperback. You know the drill. You send us an email there. Get in touch with the network in general on Twitter at Party on Instagram at The Nerd Party on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Nerd Party. And to find me, I'm at Sheelan on Twitter and at Seashells on Instagram. And I'm at AsiaBonia on Twitter and at Asia.Bonia on Instagram. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. Yeah, hit that subscribe. Have a good one. We will see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.